Hello, hello, and welcome to the CVETS podcast. We're your hosts, Georgina Piltz. And Ruben Cervantes. And today is the last episode of the series of Apostolic Impact. And we're going to be talking today about apostolic power and the gift that the Lord has given us through that. And to help us with this conversation is a great guy. He is smart. He loves Jesus. He speaks another language. He's European. But most of all, he's really good looking. It's my husband, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> good to be with you guys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, of course, of course, I love that you guys are married. That's that's powerful and beautiful. But uh, one of the things that I love about you, Jacob, um, that makes it such a relevant uh, podcast to have you on is that you've been contending and, and mm. believing God for the fullness of the promises yeah. ever since I've known you and, you know, just, just believing him and choosing, choosing to give yourself to that life of faith, even in times of, of dryness and these desert seasons we've been experiencing. And I just, I love your consistency mm. and I want to, I want us to learn what you've, you know, gained throughout the years of just yeah. believing and praying for this. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I want to start with um, a passage of scripture in first Corinthians chapter two that, you know, as a as one who also shares in that desire to see God move in the present uh, uh, age, um, that I used as almost a defense to say, "See, <laughs> I told you, you know, uh, that, that that the gospel needs to be followed by power." And though I still believe that, um, I was corrected when I w- went deep into this passage. So I want to I want to I want to read this for our listeners and for us as we get started with this conversation. Uh, so chapter two, verse one and, 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 and unto five, you know, it says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Here, that was the, the mm, you know. <laughs> and then verse 5, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Well, again, if you read it at face value, that seems to really defend. We don't have to prepare sermons. We don't have to, you know, we need to cultivate a a secret life that some, that manifests itself in the ability and authority to demonstrate the power of God. Mm-hmm. But w- the way I defined power was, you know, uh, ability to cast out demons, heal the sick, instantaneous demonstration right. of divine presence. Mm-hmm. And, and what I meant by that, I, going further, is the wow factor. You know, like, whoa, that was cool, you know. <laughs> and... Okay, so I'm just going to spend a couple minutes just to, to tell you how I, what I learned. <laughs> it was <do>. horrible. <laughs> I was just like, I was going to, pre- you, know, uh, you know, in seminary, I was going to write this paper and preach this message. I was going to be like, you guys need to figure this out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was on this crusade. So and when I got deeper into the meaning, the historical background, what I learned is that in the time of Paul, there were these people called sophists, right? These okay. The, and, and part, you know, right now we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got, well, we don't have sports, but, you know, totally. before pandemic, <laughs> we had do. sports. <laughs> uh, anyway, the point is we had other means of entertain. We have other means of entertainment in that time. One of the main means of entertainment was these smart, eloquent talkers who would mm-hmm. travel on a circuit and show up and just talk. 
wise, lofty words. And, and so what Paul was saying wasn't that he wasn't a good talker. I mean, come on, read the book of Romans. Like yeah. he was very sharp, had wise words. It was very, very, very gifted in, yeah. in ability to communicate. But what he was saying is I'm not, I'm not going to come and just argue for argument's sake. I'm not going to stand and be, you know, because likely what was happening is he was being invited to those environments because he was a good communicator. Hey, come and display your prowess with your, your, and he's saying, no, I did not come to you as a sophist, basically. Right. I'm coming to you with something else, something powerful, something deep. And the main message, as we see it throughout the writings of Paul, is that he came with the power of a transformed life, the ability to love his enemies, the ability to, to, you know, be like Christ. You know, the Philippians 2 was written by the same man, Paul, you know, learn from him who emptied himself, you know, that we should emulate this and, right. and, and also love in such uh, extravagance. So he was defining power not as these, um, you know, ecstatic experiences of, you know, the wow factor. He was saying power is humility. Right. It is you know, which it's Jesus and him crucified. Right, right. It's the it's the non popular yes. wow factor. It's more like, oh, real. wow, that's weird. You know, <laughs> that kind of a wow factor. So, of course. So I wanted to start the conversation yeah. there only to, to start the conversation in a balanced manner, because we've just talked about apostolic love. We've talked about, you know, the apostolic uh, servanthood, the yeah. apostolic message, the prayers that undergirded their theology. But of course, uh, you know, if you're a good charismatic or, you know, you've believed in, in the continuation of the gifts, you know, what we're thinking is, but the power of the apostles. Right. So I wanted to start it with a, you know, a teachable moment for me, <laughs> humiliation, <laughs> where, where I was corrected by God, like, hey, the power that I have, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But it's like what Jesus said, don't marvel that the demons, you know, are subject to you. Right. You know, be grateful that your names are written in the book. So it's a, it, he's inviting us into a higher conversation. Yeah. So, but that's not to discredit that yeah. there are signs that follow those who believe. Yeah. And I want to get into that conversation, but I wanted to start it with the, the one so that yeah. we don't sound like we are now moving on to power. Yeah, now that we check the box of right. love and servanthood, and let's move on to the real thing. No, 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 no. The real thing is love. It is servanthood. It is this sacrificial lifestyle of of just divine love being birthed in the human heart that allows us to walk with him. So, but, but now take us there. How do you then reach for the power of God? How did the apostles see it? The power of, you know, the demonstration of, of the signs of healing, the, the compassion of feeding the, you know, the poor with no money, you know, those wonderful stories. Yeah. How does that connect with this message of love of servanthood? Yeah. Well, I think if you look at 2 Corinthians uh, 11 and 12, is Paul is defending his apostleship to the Corinthian church, actually. And the, he doesn't start out with signs and wonders. He actually does start out with, I have endured much persecution. I was shipwrecked. I had the, the lashes a couple of times. You know, I was stoned. He starts out defending his apostleship with all the things that I've endured for the gospel. Yeah. So I think the first, when I think of apostolic power, I think of apostolic power unto endurance for the sake of Christ. I yeah. mean, Paul endured great things. If you look at all the other apostles, you know, most of them uh, died a martyr's death. So they were confirmed by the grace grace of God as apostles unto death. And even, in, you know, in the end times, we see Revelation 12, 11, it says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony, and because they didn't love their lives unto death. There is that apostolic power that the Lord confirms on the inside that we are going to be faithful to Jesus until the end. So that's the baseline yeah. 
of apostolic power. You love Jesus until the end. And out of a life of giving over and being crushed in loving Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he then goes on in 2 Corinthians uh, 12. He then says, he talks about his visions, that he went to heaven, all the things that he saw, unspeakable things that he can't even say because they're so marvelous. And then a a couple of verses later, he then says, but the signs of an apostle were uh, were, uh, put forth in you and amongst you with great perseverance, the signs and wonders and power of the Holy Spirit. And so just because we have love and humility does not exclude one or the other. We need both in this day and age. And I think for me, it's even to this day, I'm thinking, you know, 10 years later that I've, I've been contending for this every time I'm done teaching and preaching, I am in pain every time I'm done because I don't see the fullness of the power of God that I know that is available to me. Yeah. You know, like reading the stories of Paul and reading the stories of, of history of men and women of God that have tapped into the power of God, signs, wonders, and miracles, and the conviction of sin both in their lives, right. that when I go to IOPU and I'm teaching 30 IOPU students, it's great things. I'm teaching, you know, my, my heart and everything, and it's awesome, you know, and God delights in that. But there's always that area of pain in my life where I'm like, God, there's so much more, yeah. and I need to touch that. Because we are entering into a season of life and a season in human history where, like you said, the normal words that sound good is not good enough. You know, like in racial conflict and injustice, it's not good enough that we have some, you know, good sounding words. We need the power of the gospel to comfort those that are oppressed. And we need the power of the gospel to teach those that are in their pride to humble them and show them the true way of Christ. So there is, we just need greater power in the days that are ahead. I I love how you said that, you know, this morning, this is such a tender thing for a father, but my daughter, you know, she walked in, my wife and I were praying pretty desperate prayer, just, you know, uh, that we were praying together anyway. And she was crying and just and my, my daughter walked in on that and just sat down Indian style on the floor. And after, when, when we were done praying, you know, she then says this question, like, so can I ask a question? How do you get saved? Like, like, is it like, like, how do I, like, is it the right words? You know, she's a serious question. Yeah. You know, she's seven years old. I mean, of course, for a father, I'm just like, oh, I don't want you to get saved, you know, with quotations or, as you say, inverted commas. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I want her to be authentic and real, right. so I'm not pushing her to, like, hey, pray the prayer right now, you know. So she asked, like, but, like, because, you know, I was in church, and they were saying, well, if you pray this prayer, then, and I don't know what words they said, like, I want to do it right. Oh, yeah. And it was in just what you said right now. It's like, it's not the right words. It's not like the, the formula, the mm-hmm. abacadabra, like you say it exactly right. Then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, then all of a sudden you've got this beautiful <laughs> explosion of light right. <laughs> because you said the right pattern. And I think in these, in these moments of racial tension, uh, of the difficulty of just, just the civil unrest and everything, we can so easily think that we got to play verbal di- gymnastics to say it the right, right way that gives us the golden sticker yeah. that, you know, hey, you're relevant right now. Yeah. But I, what, what I'm feeling from you and what I've been feeling is like we, we don't need more words. No, we don't. Yeah. We yeah. need a, the deeper, like a power of God, which happens at conversion. You know, yeah. like you don't get saved by your words. You get saved because God he fills you with the ability to repent. It's yeah. a gift of repentance. And we need that right now. We need that. When I, you know, when I hear that story, I was reminded of uh, Matthew chapter 9. And in Matthew 9, 36 to 38, 
the, it says that Jesus looked on the multitudes and he, had great, he was moved with great compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And then he says to his disciples, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, now, because of this, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust forth laborers into his harvest field. And so Jesus sees the, the, the multitudes, the thousands of people that are following him. Mm-hmm. He says, they're weary. And they're scattered, like in their thoughts, in their mind, like, like they're just scattered in life and they're weary and they have no place to find rest. And his answer to that, that human problem, which we have right now in America and across the earth, his answer is pray that the Lord would thrust forth laborers into his harvest field to bring them in. Well, the next chapter, chapter 10, is when Jesus sends out his apostles and gives them power, signs and wonders and miracles. It says, Matthew 10, he says, go out, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, preach the gospel of the kingdom, bring them home. That's literally, that's the answer to his prayer. So we have a biblical model of what it looks like. So as we are now looking at the landscape of America and the nations of the earth of racial tension and economic upheaval and all of that, the answer of Jesus is this. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers, the word Iqbalo, you know, if you've listened to Lou Engel, thrust them (laughs) forth, you know, that they have to go. Send forth laborers into the harvest field because the harvest is plentiful. And these are, those are not just laborers that are kind of, you know, have good words and good messages. No, they have the words of power of God with signs, yeah. wonders, and miracles unto salvation. Yeah. They'll bring in the masses into the kingdom because those that are weary and those that are scattered, they find rest for their souls in Christ yeah. and nowhere else. Yeah. And so, so the Lord's answer to global crisis is the raising up of laborers that have the message of the gospel of salvation and the returning of the king that jesus is coming they have that in their mouths with power so that then people can be like okay i have a place that i can find rest right oh gosh that's That's it that's it i mean you know it's interesting just seeing the heart of god in that you know like as you were mentioning matthew 9 and matthew 10 like they didn't you know the way that we are able to enter in into the ministry of Christ is by the Holy Spirit. In other words, we can cast out demons. We actually, as a continuous believes, you know, those who believe that the gifts are still part of the church, mm-hmm. um, uh, we believe that we still have the ability to, to heal the sick by the Holy Spirit. It's all by the Holy Spirit in us. Yeah. But it's interesting that the disciples did not have the Holy Spirit yet. Yeah. In Matthew 10, <laughs> Jesus was so eager that the compassion in his heart was so explosive that even though they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, he said, go and do it. I'm going to make it happen for you. (laughs) Father, Father, I desire this. I'm going to do this thing. Would you give them power now? And it's almost like this temporary gift of the Holy Spirit. And they saw all these things and they marveled, you know? So I just love how you pointed that out because Jesus is the most the most desirous to see transformation in our society. And sometimes we think because it's not happening that he's absent or like, you know, like the deists believed that that he's like this glorified clockmaker that he made, built the clock and just left it alone, moved on. He has not moved on. He cares deeply about the masses. That's so true. It's so true. I think even you pointing out um, the Akbello and sending people to the nations and even to our own neighborhood it's it all has to be birthed out of our previous messages of love of servanthood of of coming to the lord having him fill you and then him sending you out and i think a good thing about this to point out is you don't have to go to iraq to work in the apostolic power to be one of those who have been sent you can literally go to your next door neighbor and be 
a messenger and a minister of the yeah. gospel, working with signs and wonders and apostolic power to see the fruits of Jesus's prayer that they would be with him where he is. And so yeah. I'm like, sometimes we can talk about this and it's like this grandiose picture of, I'm gonna leave it all behind and I'm gonna go by myself to that mountain to speak to that one monk. And we need that for sure. We have to have that. But sometimes it's it's harder to actually stay where the Lord has got you right now in your nine to five job and actually be the message to those around yeah. you. Sometimes yeah. that's harder to actually grasp and do. But I just love that you've pointed that out. Yeah. No, I think it exposed it to me. The uh, Was it yesterday? Uh, the other day I was looking at some old friends mm-hmm. and some of them are in the Middle East doing ministry and some of them are building businesses in, in different Western countries. And and I caught myself secretly thinking the people in the Middle East, those are the real cool ones. Right, yeah. right. And actually the Lord, the Lord caught me and said, hey, no, that's just what I assigned them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if I told you that I assigned these others to generate wealth, to build legacy for right. the sake of the families that they're taking care of and providing jobs for? Man, it was like, you know, it was one of those soft, gentle rebukes. But think about it. Yeah. The, the West is now becoming unreached people group 100% I mean what you see right now rising that the the angst and the intensity in in the western world the church needs to shine brightly in Mm. the west not just in the east in the global south as they say so I I just I I feel that I feel what you just said like we need to believe God to do it through ordinary things here there everywhere yeah Yeah. exactly it is as you were guys were talking it's just the you know Matthew 10 Jesus didn't send them to Iraq he literally sent them to the other town over you know right now we're in yeah, Grandview he literally sent them to Belton <laughs> yeah. go five miles down the road and tell them about Jesus yeah, you know yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. the essence and just following Christ wherever he leads whenever I think about um, apostolic power I also always want to emphasize that we don't go after power ju- for our own sakes you know because the accusation often against the charismatic or continuist is that oh you're just showing off who you are and you want to build a big platform and all of that but I think in the life of Paul and the other apostles it wasn't for themselves it was for the people that heard the message because if you Mm -hmm. preach the message of the kingdom of God you know the gospel of the kingdom is Jesus is king and he's coming back then you have to show the signs and wonders that follow the the kingdom. Because if you are in the kingdom, forever you're going to be healed. Forever your body is going to be restored. And to show forth that that kingdom is real, you're then reaching out with power. You lay the hands on the sick and they recover. And so you are not lusting after power for yourself and making your ministry great. JacobPilts.com, you know, I'm (laughs) this amazing guy. No, it is... I am going after power in preaching and I'm going after power in signs and wonders because it has greater impact with signs and wonders and it will make Jesus great. Yeah. And what I love how Mike has taught us over the years, you know, that being naturally supernatural. Don't be right. weird about right. it. Like Paul wasn't this weird guy. They literally thought he was nobody in Corinthians. Right. You know? The accusation was, you come to us lowly. You come to us as nobody. And yet he still says that I have all, had all the signs and wonders going with it. Yeah. And so he lived a life of lowliness and being naturally supernatural. Mm-hmm. He right. laid the hands on the sick and they recovered, but he wasn't drawing all this weird attention to himself. Right. Okay. He was laying the hands on the sick and they got saved or whatever. And he's like, Jesus yeah, yeah. healed you. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Jesus is coming, you know? And so I think in the Western world and in the charismatic circle, sometimes we looking for power because we want to build a ministry when the Lord's really saying, yeah, 
look for power because I want to magnify my son. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't want to magnify the gospel of the kingdom. I I hope I get this right. You two can correct me, but it was Simon the sorcerer who was like, "Hey, let me give you money, and you give me the power that's within you." Yeah, yeah. And we—it's so easy to have that mindset, even of like, "Oh, I want that. What can I do to get well, that?" And it's it's what Isaac taught taught on. Yeah. It's like it's transactional. Then we yes, make make exactly. make this transactional rather than transformational. And Jesus is in the transformation business. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's what he signed up for. Yeah. He wanted to fill us, make us like him. Exactly. That we might be a suitable bride for him yes. in the time when he establishes his kingdom. I mean, like, what a beautiful love story. Yes. <laughs> you know? oh, no, but, you know, it makes me think a lot about uh, 1 Corinthians 4, you know, about these apostolic features of, like, men sentenced to death. When you enter into the fullness of power, think about Jesus. When he revealed God, as, as the Colossians says that he would do, mm-hmm. that, you know, it pleased the Father that the fullness of God would dwell with him in bodily form. So, so Jesus does that this glorious ministry of raising the dead even you know like powerful things what is the result of that is it a stacked instagram account a you know a nice residual income from youtube videos that shows his power no it results in him being crucified yeah the people killed him and i think um and i and i say this with fear and trembling that when the church enters into its time of greatest glory of believing these truths that we have access to display the power of God, then it won't result in 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 a big followership. Though it will, right? The the, the end result will be that the enemy will come in like a flood, yeah. and God will raise up a standard. But as we see throughout Scripture and even in the life of Paul, mm-hmm. it may result in death. It may result in the hatred and the wrath of Satan, the rage of Satan coming against the church, but the church will stand firm and will be proven worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's when he establishes his kingdom on the earth. Then, then we will all celebrate that yeah. though we've had to suffer this momentary and light affliction, God has exploded within our hearts yes. this gratitude that yeah. you were worthy of it. Yeah. Yes. And we need to remind ourselves again and again, our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities. And then, oh, wait. There's another age coming yes. because then it makes sense that they would want to crucify our bodies and try and get rid of us. But we know that there's this new life that we're living for. And that is our glory. That's right. But in the this is what I love about oh, just, the, you know, learning the stories of like Reinhard Bonnke and mm-hmm. other contemporaries um, that, that are reaching for the power of God and seeing beautiful stories develop. What I love about them is that 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 they're not content with a future promise. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, yeah, I think that, that's a danger as well. Like, there's a danger of the present promise yeah. and the future promise. But it's like, they, they hold on to both. Like, there yes. is something coming. Yes. But until that day comes, let me tell you what he's in. like. Yeah. Let yes. me show you what he's like. Like, so I don't need your faith. I have enough faith for you. I mean, those statements <laughs> yeah. I've read, you know, George Mueller and others. I'm just, just like, hey, actually, don't pray. Your unbelief is distracting <laughs> right now. You know, like, just this, this, yeah. this, like, no, until that day comes. Yeah. You know, we yes. believe and we're going to see the glory of God, you know, in the yes. land of the living. And that that does move my heart. Now, I want to come back to something you said earlier, uh, the, the goat of Belton five miles away. I need to confess something. You know, I, when I think about my 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 disciple, like uh, me being a disciple of Christ and and I and I see, you know, you evaluate your life, you know, different ways. Of course, the sacred charge has been an evaluative thing for me. You know, am I doing this? Am I doing that and doing the other? And when I think about speak boldly, you know, unfortunately, because of the 
the models of evangelism that say you've got to be confrontational, you've got to be that kind of, I, it's been a kind of a turnoff, you know, it's, yeah. and so I've, what it's done, unfortunately in my life is it's made me relinquish that, uh, um, the dignity of being a, a herald of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and I've limited it only to places that welcome the message, you know, which is a platform. Uh, it, it's a, it's a church. It's a, it's an environment that says, please, actually, right, we want to hear from you. Yeah. It's safe. Thank yeah. you. And, and I've had moments in my life where I've entered into unsafe environments to proclaim. And it's been some of the most marking times in my life, like where it was, it was worth it, you know, but I realize that it's not normative in my life. Yeah. And I, and I, I do it j just as you described, I feel the pain that when I, that when I speak that it doesn't have the power. I feel the pain that I don't speak sometimes. Yeah. For sure. No, I think it is that what you said about Rainer Bonke, you know, like the future is coming, but we need we need it now and we need it on, in our neighborhoods. We need it in our cities. We need the power of God to break through. I think that's what originally brought me onto this apostolic power message is hearing the stories of the heroes of the faith that walked in signs and wonders and miracles now. And we they had crazy results. I mean, one of my heroes, George Whitfield, yeah. he would preach, you know, he was a young 20-year-old in England, and he would go to the coal mines in England, and it says that he would preach to thousands of them, and they would all have streaks, you know, they had like the yeah, whole yeah, faces yeah. were black because in the coal mines, and they would have streaks of tears down their face because they all got converted, in <laughs> like just him preaching to thousands. I, I read this number, it's probably a little bit exaggerated, but I read this number that he preached up to 120,000 people. With no microphone. With no microphone, yes. <laughs> 120,000. Have you ever been in, a, in, like in a, a football stadium? That guy didn't have a football stadium where, the, where it was yeah. all perfectly set up. So I don't even know how that would have worked. But I've read <laughs> stories. Literally, they would hear that he would come preach, and they would drop everything and run to hear him preach. Yeah. It's like that kind of draw, a magnet of the gospel that drew his life. But he also died very young because he gave his life. Like his body shut down because he preached the gospel over and over and over and over again. And he he wouldn't hold back. Isn't that crazy? It is, so there's there's that give and take of, okay, we need apostolic power to reach the everybody, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it will have a toll on you just because somebody prophesies over you, hey, you're going to be an apostle one day. I'm not thinking, you know, <laughs> yay, big ministry. I'm thinking... <laughs> Well, uh -oh. according to the biblical definition of an apostle, you're going to get beat a lot, <laughs> yeah. persecuted a lot, and people are going to be mad at you a lot. Yeah. But you're going to see Christ, and you're going to do great things for him. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah. being aware of both sides is really important. That's so good, Jacob. I love that way you place it. You know, of course, as we read 1 Corinthians 4, you know, the refuse of all things, you know. the, mm -hmm. I mean, that is the apostolic anointing and mantle. But, you know, if we really truly believe in the hope of our, you know, of his coming, yeah. the, the blessed hope, you know, then, then we, we live, we have an eternal perspective. Mm. And this is, I, I got to admit, this is the hardest thing for us, right? I, I really believe that what we struggle with is making the temporary right now existence uh, more primary than the right. eternal existence, right? Yeah. Because we're self-preservationist. We, we, we want to, anyway, advance our own personal uh, agendas. Um, but if we believe that there's an age coming and it's really as glorious as the scriptures say it is, you know, then, then 
wouldn't you then choose that life? Yeah. You know, delayed gratification is not often chosen by most. But mm -hmm. if you're if you're mature enough to realize that, hey, if you wait, you're gonna get something better. Yeah. You do it because you're yeah. just like, right. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill right now. Let everyone do their crazy, and then <laughs> totally. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll. And so that's what I feel is coming. Is we the church needs a revelation of delayed gratification. Yeah. Wow. And it is coming to the church. I mean, as as the earth is coming to a head, and the glorious return of our Savior is coming closer. I think that topic is going to be more and more relevant because even right now we see that the society doesn't have any answers and so if, if you don't have any answers in the human wisdom sense the question then becomes where are the answers and we find the answers in scripture and then suddenly it doesn't become Sunday morning Christianity anymore because it's not enough right so then it's like okay what does the Bible actually have to say about substantial hope yeah right. and for my neighbors for myself for my life for my children like what is the Bible actually saying and so the truth of eternity and the living with Christ forever and in the resurrection that is becoming more and more a topic in the church out of need yeah because there's nothing else that gives true strength in the midst of crisis correct mm -hmm. correct oh so good. i like what you were talking about ruben even just about speaking boldly and we actually had a, a series on the sacred charge didn't right, we right, a while right. back so go listen to that forerunner lifestyle awesome. i yeah. think is what the name of the series was yeah but just about how time and time again the the message of the apostles is actually the same but they just repeat it again and again and again and again, yeah. and again, yeah. and actually that, that is what gets them persecuted, is the fact that they don't back down from speaking boldly, but then they actually keep saying the same message. And they say it to every church and every letter, it all has that same primary basis of teaching. And it's crazy because how often do we find ourselves talking about the same thing? Yeah. We're like, oh no, that's just repetitive. Oh, I have the Father Heart message, what's next? Okay, I have the end time message, what's next? But that's not what they were doing, they were, just repeating what it was that Jesus taught them. And yeah. that's what we have to do. Yes. We have to live in it, re-say it to our children, to our neighbors, yeah. and just live in that message so it gets stirred up and then it gets poured out in boldness. And we, we've, got, we've got to have a different vision. I mean, we, we, we keep thinking that self-care uh, or self-advancement mm -hmm. is the method of the gospel, you know, like, you know, because we hear glory to glory and we think, uh, corporate ladder, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's no, it's, it's actually deeper and deeper. It's, yeah. it's, it's the simplicity, go deeper in that revelation, deeper, deeper, deeper. And that's how you grow in, in grace, grow in God is by being fascinated over right. and over on the simple things yeah. because it's not that simple. I mean, how extravagant the love of Christ, yeah. we should never graduate from the gospel, the good news of Christ guaranteeing something for us because of extravagant love so that we would be with him for eternity. Right. Like yeah. that, that is what should drive our lives yeah. forever. It's yeah, so 100%. And even lo long and just longing for that eternal presence. You know, Hebrews chapter 6, he calls it the powers of the age to come. We have tasted the powers of the age to come. There is a way in the Christian life where we can experience the power and presence of God right now that we're going to experience for all eternity. Maybe in a smaller measure, but it is possible. Yeah. And I think that's what brought me onto this apostolic power and longing for signs and wonders. Yeah, I want all of those things, but actually what I really want is the presence of God that yeah. comes in the midst of it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like when we look at the uh, different you know, prophetic voices over the last 20, 30, 40 years, there's this one for me that stands out above all. It's this, it's this stadium vision by this well-known prophet. And he, 
in it, he says that he has seen this vision probably over a hundred times. And in the vision, he goes into a stadium and he sees the news announcer and he says, tonight, there's no news, but good news. And he walks into the stadium and he sees these uh, people on stage and the stadium is filled and the news announcer says this there is almost nameless and faceless people on stage and they haven't changed clothing or food or water for three days and three nights they have been ministering in the power and glory of God and there is people in the stadium that are sick and they say over there and a whole section of lame people would stand up and walk and a whole section of dead people would stand up and walk. And he says there's 100,000 in the stadium and 100,000 outside the stadium. And it's the glory of God invading human history in such a powerful way that we get to partner with him and yeah. bring the real experience of real King Jesus yes. into our present reality. And when I'm thinking, man, we're going for eternity, but I'm going for that stadium vision yeah. now. You know, I'm going for that 100,000 experiencing the glory and magnificence of Christ in a stadium. Yes. Three days and three nights, they didn't change. Not because of a religious duty, I can't leave the stage. They were caught up in the glory of God and they couldn't eat, they couldn't drink. They were just in the presence of Jesus. Yeah. How beautiful would it be if there's 10 young people and they prayed together and suddenly the manifest glory of God comes and ministers and they can reach the whole neighborhood because of all of the giftings coming out, the presence of God is in the midst. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of apostolic power that I'm looking for. That's awesome. Uh, funny story. There was a lady in our church growing up and she looked great for her age. And I asked her, what's your secret? Why do you look so good? She was like, well, the church is supposed to be without spot and wrinkle. So I contend for the promise of that for my <laughs> face daily. <laughs> she would live without spot and wrinkle. She looks good. All the days of her life. So that's just funny. But <laughs> I love it. It's, it grips you when you talk about these things. You're like, wow, we aren't seeing the fullness of it. What do we have to do to see the fullness of it? And it causes you just to dive into the heart of God, being like, I want the fullness of who you are. And then out of touching your heart, we see these signs and wonders. And it's just, yeah. oh, it just captivates it's, your heart. It's what Lou Angle says, you know, that in a hinge of history, there's one holy prescription, one divine remedy. Yeah. And uh, it's repentance. Repent. Yeah. You know, it's the Joel 2, gather together, no matter if you're a nursing mom, whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter. You just got married, come, rend your hearts, not your garments, yeah. turn to the Lord with weeping and mourning. I think, I think uh, the invitation in times of crisis, when we realize that we actually do not know what to do, when we are exposed of our powerlessness, God invites us to repent that he yeah. might be gloried through our weakness. That's so good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. It was awesome. And Pleasure. Keep, Thanks for having keep, me. Keep pressing in and content. In fact, would you just pray yes, for us absolutely. for this? Well, Father, even for those listening and for those here, I ask that you would wound us with love, that we would have a lovesick wound that would never close, that yes. we would long to go ever closer into your heart and into your presence. God, we ask you for apostolic messengers that have apostolic power on their lives for the glory of your son. Father, we long like Christ, like Paul, we long for a church to be beautiful without spot, without wrinkle, that we may present her to Christ. Lord, we ask that you would break into our lives with that kind of power to love you on the inside and to present you on the outside. 
visit us, God, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name yes. we pray. Amen. 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 I think we need to go pray some more. Um, well, thank you for joining us today. If you felt like this message touched your heart and just causes you to go and want to pray, go share this message with other people and start a small group and pray together for contend for the power of God in your life and in the life of your family and your neighborhood. And if you haven't seen our previous podcast, you can go and find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, anywhere that's your outlet. You can subscribe so that you can get alerts when new episodes come up. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week, Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Peace.